1: Hello, happy Friday, happy June, and welcome to episode number 565 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell, and my guest this week is Alyssa Sussman. She is back. She has a new book, Once More with Feeling, and of course, I wanted to talk all about it. This book is very much inspired by popular culture, and you'll find out which pieces very soon, but we talk a lot about the way stardom, and especially pop stardom, specifically has changed since the early 2000s. I do want to flag that because we're talking about pop stars from that period, there are references to disordered eating, anti-fat bias, and some absolutely astonishing misogyny. I will have links to everything we mentioned that you might want to be checking out in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. I have a compliment this week, which makes me so happy, to Autumn. A recent scientific poll has revealed that you are more charming and entertaining and adorable than a gathering of 18 baby goats wearing matching handmade capes. Science is facts. If you've supported the show with a monthly pledge, thank you so very much. You're keeping me going. You're making sure that every episode has a transcript hand compiled by Garlic Knitter. Hey, Garlic Knitter. And you help support this program, which means more than I could possibly say right now. If you would like to join the Patreon, the benefits are fantastic. I mean, I think so anyway. There is a Discord filled with some of the most lovely human beings, and there are bonus episodes every two weeks. So if you are interested and would like to support this program, have a look at patreon.com slash smart bitches. This episode was brought to you in part by Lumi Deodorant. It's warm here, it's real hot. It's gonna get real humid real soon. There's nothing more enjoyable than the humidity of a DC summer, except many other things. Thankfully, Lumi deodorant makes it really easy for me to feel dry and comfortable, and they have new scents, which always makes me so happy. Lumi's best-selling scents like Lavender Sage, Clean Tangerine, and Fresh Alpine are terrific, but they also just launched Mint Cucumber and Soft Powder. I love Soft Powder scents, and I have a heads up, new customers Get $5 off Lumi starter pack with code SARA30 at lumideodorant.com. You've heard me mention how much I like Lumi and also my teenager as well really likes it. And we've ordered new products in the new sense to try them out. Some products will try to mask an odor with a fragrance, but Lumi really works. It's powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts and it can control odor for up to 72 hours. Lumi is uniquely formulated and was developed by an OBGYN. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code SARAH30 at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code SARAH30. Are you ready to get started? Let's do this podcast. On with my conversation with Alyssa Sussman.
2: Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Alyssa Sussman. I am the author of the just released "Once More with Feeling" and also "Funny You Should Ask" and uh, several YA novels. I'm a writer who lives in Los Angeles with many pets
1: and some excellent plants, which
2: I can see A do. lot of plants. A lot of a plants. Lot of pets, a lot of plants. Yes.
1: This is a. Yeah. These are a good pair of things to have. I, th- I mean, what else? what more do you need? What more do you need? So congratulations. Thank you. Yay, second book. Yay. What is your favorite elevator pitch for this novel?
2: Um, for Once More Feeling, I I wrote it down because it's a little, it, it gets, like, I, I it came with the perfect elevator pitch. So I was like, I have to remember this and I haven't memorized it yet. But Once More Feeling is a friends to lovers, to enemies to lovers, romance about two former pop stars who reunite first time since a career-ending scandal to bring a musical to Broadway. Yes. So many
1: things to ask you. So many things. Okay. <laughs> it's a
2: lot of elements in this book.
1: I, yes. I, I, I love when I look at a synopsis and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I think I know what might have inspired this part. And I think I know what might have inspired that part. Oh, I hope I'm right. Mm-hmm. And I was right. I was very excited about that. So I know, funny you should ask, your first book is about, is, is based partially on celebrity profiles, one particularly infamous celebrity profile in particular. And yes. a lot of the book explores the sort of distance between the PR narrative of celebrity and the private narrative of celebrity. And when and like we talked about when you were um, on the show the last time, how journalists sort of straddle both sides. Like they have access to the PR machine, but they're also trying to get the, the private narrative as well. So please yeah. tell me some of the elements of pop culture that are in once more with feeling.
2: Mm, yeah, I mean there is it's a lot of pulling from the you know pop machine of I, I believe our youth. I believe we're around the same age. Yeah, um, and and how intense that was, and I and I feel like our culture is sort of revisiting how we took all of that in and. How we didn't really question things we should have questioned. Yeah, um, you know we have the the all of those great documentaries on Britney Spears, the Jessica Simpson memoir, which is amazing. Um, you know, and and then just just remembering that stuff from being a teenager. Um, so really pulled a lot from that, and just remembering how how we talked about young women. You know, mm-hmm. these a lot of these pop stars were were growing up at the same time; they were our age. And how easy it was to villainize them and make them um, seem like they were in control of their narratives, which when they were which not is in control I mean, of anything. Like, they children, they were kids. Yeah. Um, like the older I get, the more I'm just like eighteen. It's like you're a baby. You're so young. Oh
1: yeah, I have a seventeen-year-old, you know? and I look at I look at the the 2000s and Britney and Christina and Jessica and Mandy Moore, and I look at that. And I'm like those those are, those people were my son's age and I would never send him out into that environment by himself.
2: Right. Yeah. It's really, it It just seems really intense that, that it's, and it still happens, you know, like I was reading, you know, you read uh, Jeanette McCurdy's memoir, which is incredible. Oh my gosh. Um, and she's, you know, she's younger than us, but um, it's, you know, that stuff is still happening. It's definitely still, the protections are not, there yet mm-hmm. um i think we've learned a lot i think you know there. i think young people coming into the industry are safer I, hope. I don't know how much more safer yeah i think i think you know there's they do have a little more control having so i think social media gives them a little more control yeah. to be able to speak to um their fans without having to go through the tabloids in the media um but it's yeah it's really complicated in the lines of of what you owe people continues to blur and oh, I think yeah. that's really really hard when you're a teenager and you want to please everybody and you want to you know just be be popular and be loved and you know i think that's a super normal feeling to have when you're that age
1: yeah especially because essentially these are all theater blood. kids right like speaking of once more with feeling these are all just yes. theater kids like yeah. britney spears just really liked dancing she just wanted yeah. to dance on stage
2: she wanted to dance on stage. She wanted to perform. Huh. Um, I think she did have musical theater aspirations. I think she, you know, was... And, like, you listen to early tapes of her singing.
1: Oh, my gosh. On Star Search? Sounds,
2: yes. It's, it's like, so different. It's so different. And, you know, I remember when she was doing some of her records, and and I don't know much about music, but I remember having um, a roommate who was like, you don't understand how difficult it is, like to do some of the things that she's doing Mm -hmm. just with her voice oh yeah and I was like you know I we just don't we don't give her her or Mandy Moore or Christina or Jessica we don't give them any credit for having a lot of talent like a lot of talent and charm and
1: And the ability to make it look so effortless
2: so effortless yeah And I think one of the biggest things that inspired this book, there's this great YouTube video where it juxtaposes it's, it's the Britney Spears performance where she does, I can't get no satisfaction. And it's oops, I did it again. She did this like mix this, uh,
1: mashup. Yeah.
2: I want, I want to say it was like for the Grammys or something. And you can watch the rehearsal footage and the show footage. And it's, I mean, her, she the way like you just really see how hard she's working oh yeah and how much work she's putting into it and also like she is having a great time Mm -hmm. she is like really enjoying it and like enjoying showing her body and enjoying sort of like being on like i mean i'm projecting it looks like she's having a good time she's in rehearsal but yeah i mean she is just like giving it everything. And that was just really a big inspiration for this book. Just like, because I I wanted to do, I wanted to write about someone who, I think sometimes you read a lot of like celebrity books about women being celebrities Mm -hmm. and especially like child celebrities. And it's about how they were forced into it. Mm -hmm. And they didn't, you know, they were really actually very shy and they, you know, were sort of told by other people that they have this talent. And I really wanted Kathleen to be like, I know I'm good. And I want to be on stage, and I yeah. love singing. I love performing, um, because I think that's you know, there's just because you want that, does it mean the world should treat you the way that we treat these women? You yes. know, it's like there's no shame in wanting to in wanting to perform and be a star and have accolades and applause and all that stuff. No, but we, you know, I think we sometimes have this mentality of like, well, they asked for it they wanted it you know britney spears asked for it because she wanted she wanted to be a star yeah but do whatever we want
1: like you can set terms on how that works if you're an adult you do but if if you're a child star then you get like no boundaries right one thing that i i think about a lot with the especially that particular group of pop stars because i mean obviously um once more feeling is based slightly heavily in Britney and Justin (laughs) and the... Just a bit. Just just a bit, bit, right? Just a bit. And I I, I had three very different thoughts. One, when I look back at that group of pop stars, it is wild to me that there was this question, like there can only be one. There can only be one pop princess. But like we have 10 guys between Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, let alone before you bring in like, what's the one that Nick Lachey was in?
2: Yeah, that's what I was trying to remember. The ones where they always...
1: muscly guys crooning in white shirts is the only thing i remember yeah but like we we have like 25 different boy band members and they're all fine but we can only have one hot princess and these girls have to duke it out and then they're paired and put against each other and it's like this is this is really gross
2: i mean it's like the april o'neill complex where it's like you have the four ninja turtles and yep. then you have one female character yeah yeah You cannot have any more than that. I mean, and and I think it's also, you know, like I kind of touch on it a little bit in the book, but it's like the guys, they have each other at the very least. Yeah. Even if they don't like, they don't have close friendships or whatever, but that's a support system. All these women are young, all these girls at the time are completely alone, totally on their own. Yeah. And the whole, everything relies on them. There's no, there's no backup. There's no like, The pressure is completely on them to be on and performing constantly. Yeah. And
1: And like you said, they're 18 and then they look around the stage and they go, wow, if I quit all these people who are older than me, who have families, they're out of a job and that pressure of we have to support your family, you have to support your parents, look at all these people who work for you, you have to support them too. It's like, that's a lot to put on a teenager whose brain is not fully, fully formed yet.
2: Yeah. I mean, that is, that is so much responsibility. And, and then you add it, you add the extra level of like, it's not even your talent that's, that we care about. It's like how you look.
1: Yeah. You know, so it's like, you
2: better, you better look and act the way that we want you to. That is more important than, you know, being able to like sing well or dance well. The thing that you wanted to do, the thing that like brought you to this career in the first place, that doesn't matter anymore. No. It's about how you look. And you know, like you think about poor Jessica Simpson, like
1: oh my god, people talked about you know, her like she was so fat, and I look and I'm like, she is so tiny, she is a, such a teeny tiny. teeny little person. And now people are people are are mocking her appearance because she's too thin. And I'm like, you really cannot win, even you now can't. in 2023. No, you cannot. No,
2: it's gross. There's there's no winning. It's it's horrible. It's and, super gross. I mean, and at least I think I think she you know, writing her memoir, I think was such a great, it's, I mean, it's so readable. It's so beautiful. Um, and, and fuck Nick Lachey. I
1: mean,
2: oh. like, and all the guys that she like John Mayer.
1: Oh, John Mayer. Jesus. Oh, it, it, he's like my problem at, he's my number one problematic fave. Like I dig some, some of his music. I will put it on and be like, this is exactly what I needed mm-hmm. right now. I wish you were not so disgusting, sir.
2: Yeah, I wish you were, like, and I think the thing about him, like, not to get into too much <laughs> celebrity gossip. Oh, like, like this, that's a problem. Smear smear John Mayer's name. But, like, I think the thing that's so funny and that came out with the, with the Jessica Simpson thing is that, like, he seems like such an egotist.
1: Oh, yeah. But
2: in such denial of, like, just has this, this... Persona of like not caring about the way he's perceived, but like you know, when you read about that stuff, you're like,
1: Uh, Uh, and then you have someone like Justin Timberlake, who cannot do a thing without bringing up Britney Spears. I yeah, that relationship was literal decades ago. Yet Mm -hmm. that is what he bases all of his promotional work on. Like my dude, you are literally married with children. Why is this your marketing angle?
2: Yeah. Can you imagine being his wife and having to hear that all the time? Oh
1: yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing where I'm like, okay, you are now part of this industry for so long and you are a full adult. Like I said, you got small humans and I'm assuming you've a nice house, maybe three. You can, you can have some input and direction into your marketing and into the narrative that is being sent out about you to promote whatever it is you're doing right now. That's a choice.
2: A terrible no, choice. it's but it's a absolutely choice. Absolutely a choice. Like, what are you doing, my dude? And yet, I mean, I think I think he he it was he rode that you know wave of publicity for so long and and didn't look up to see that oh and it's it's not getting received the way it used to be. No, I think
1: Britney you know, cheated on me. Like my dude, you cheated yeah. on her. Like so much. I mean, like, like so much. And also, you know,
2: like so much of you know a lot of stuff in one more feeling is like about the fact that like the the woman in the relationship gets all the pushback. Yes. Like, that's Justice what I was going to ask you about. It's about the guy that she, that, that Brittany cheated with. And it's like, is it not, you know, if, if you, if you like pay attention to the rumors, like you were close to that person too, but like you felt that you were keeping his identity secret. Like you didn't feel the need to drag him into it. Yeah, um, And so I was like interested in exploring that dynamic of like, yeah, it's always, it's always the woman's fault. It's, it's always the woman's fault. It's
1: always going to be her that's dragged with some kind of sexual consequence. You, mm-hmm. were too, you were too slutty. You were too pretty. You were too thin. You were too fat. You were too much. And then, and then you have yeah. the element where these are theater kids. And part of being a theater kid is having a bit of a cringy, try-hard element to your personality because you're a theater kid that's baked in there. You yeah. can't, can't say like Pop-Tarts. You can't separate the filling. There is an element yeah. of trying. And we are so unforgiving to women who try men trying is fine you can try as hard as you want i'm like oh he's so earnest he's so in touch with his emotions look at him articulating what he wants any woman who tries like look at all the hate anne hathaway got because she was trying she
2: yeah she was saying this is what i want yeah and people were like oh how dare you (gasps) how dare dare you want an academy award you think (laughs) like what actor doesn't (laughs) i mean come on like you know even Joaquin Phoenix, who said, "Oh, awards don't matter" or whatever, like he showed up for to get his award. So.
1: I am relatively certain he had a tux fitting or two to prepare for the Academy oh, Award. Sure, he didn't roll in I'm there sure. in a pair of sweats and be like, "Yeah, this is fine."
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, you're you. There's no way to do it right if you're a woman. No, and 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 yeah, and like as a former theater kid myself, it's like there, like I, I think it's so. That's why I love theater kids. It's oh. like I love the I love the earnestness of like, I want to do something that allows me to burst into song yeah. for really no reason yeah, and do it well. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so great. It's so amazing.
1: Um, and that theater energy is contagious, too. Like, one of my sons was in the pit Orchestra for the Spring Musical this year, and my other son was mm-hmm. on Tech. So neither of them were on stage performing, but they were so... Into it, and they were all behind the scenes, moving props around and playing, playing. Like it's amazing that we have enough talented musicians in this high school that they have a live orchestra for the musicals. It's not recorded. It's
2: amazing. It's
1: incredible. And there's the stage has an actual pit, like under the stage is an orchestra pit.
2: I I mean, in fact, you have a tech crew. Even yeah,
1: I mean, I will say the pit (laughs) does smell like pot, one hundred percent year round, no question. It, It you know, but it is a high school pit, so there you go. Yeah, but like even that energy. Is, is The energy of being around somebody creating something fun is a wonderful, contagious, buoyant energy. And yet we punish women for displaying that. But a guy yeah. who tries and tries and tries, that's fine. That's fine.
2: Yeah, of course. It's, it's almost like he's doing us the favor.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? <laughs> and it's like, okay, no, 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 no. Yeah. So in, I mean, the, I, yeah. in this book,
1: in Once More With Feeling, you have what I call a douche triangle. So, you have a sort of love triangle, but one of the characters is an absolute douche, and you know they're not going to be chosen. But it's like, how are they yes. going to screw up the other two? So, you have a douche triangle. A douche um, triangle, yeah, that's yeah. true. And it's funny, I once had someone say, you know, oh, you, 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 you shouldn't use the word douche to be negative because it's associated with women's genitalia. And my thought is always, Douching is completely unnatural and enforced on us by the patriarchy, and it's actually bad for us, so yeah, let's call things yeah, douchey because we, we don't yeah. want douches in literal or or figurative form, so you have a douche yeah, triangle it's actually perfect, yeah, exactly that's what I thought yeah. um yeah. you have a a douche triangle with your characters. Can you talk a little bit about the dynamic between the three of them?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a pretty. It was a fun dynamic. So it's it's uh our heroine, Kathleen, who's known as Katie Rose as a as a teen.
1: Such a good pop and star name, by the way. Such so a good pop star.
2: Names are hard. Um, so mad props. Names are really. I mean, coming up with Cal's name took me so long. I, really <laughs> to have, like, I don't know why. And people, I don't know if people are one hundred percent on board with it, but I love it. Um, and I wanted him to have a three, three name name. So it's Calvin Tyler Kirby. Yeah, because I feel like that's that's definitely a, a boy pop star thing. Oh, then um,
1: three names. Yeah, three names. Three names. Like, and
2: I wanted him to just hate being referred to by all three names, um, which he does. Um, So, so Cal is Kathleen's like childhood friend. They went to theater camp together and haven't seen each other for years. And then Ryan Leneve is the boyfriend that she has when we meet her as a teenager that she met on a TV show that they were both on together. Yeah. And he was the star and she was backup. And now he is a member of a boy band Crush Zone with Cal. Another good name, by the way. My friend Diane came up with that one, and I. Well done, obsessed. Diane. Crush zone. I know she did a crush zone is like amazing. I can't believe um, that
1: that wasn't already used by an actual like boy band. I hope.
2: I hope someone does right does in the future. I hope we can see a crush zone because that would be amazing. Um, and and so 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 like it's this. She's already in this relationship when she sees Cal again. Yeah. And and it's like. It's on a little rocky, you know, it's a rocky stat- setting when we when we see them. Um, because Ryan is Ryan is your typical teen boy, the worst version of it, you know? Like he's your worst version of it.
1: And his girlfriend was always backup and always has to play backup to him. She cannot be the mm-hmm. star in her own right because that is threatening to everything he understands about the
2: world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm and and he's just yeah he's he's very he's someone who comes off as very confident but is incredibly insecure um and is also sort of struggling with being one of five guys in a mm-hmm. in a band while his girlfriend is the is the headliner is the star mm-hmm. and you know and i think that's pretty like i feel like most teen girls have met that guy have been charmed by that guy have wanted to date that guy oh, yeah. have thought that's good enough and then you have someone who's like oh you know there are men out there that like Actually, support your success and think you're great, and you know have are not threatened by your talent. Yeah, um and I think that's kind of a, you know it's a little bit of a revelation for her. Um, I think you get you get used to, and and she's just being you know used to being told all of these things that Ryan is kind of echoing. Mm-hmm. Um, like he comments on her weight, he you know, but everyone is commenting on her weight, so it's that's not a normal weird or unusual, yeah. yeah. Um and so it's this thing like you don't know how messed up it is until someone else sort of shows you how messed up it is. Yeah. Um but yeah, so it's it's this kind of tricky tricky um love triangle that they're in because also they are all in the public eye and now everybody knows that Ryan and Katie are together and so you can't just have a simple breakup. No. Everybody has to take sides everyone has to pick sides it's part of your dynamic and then and i think she knows like i can't just jump to another guy in the band like that's not going to look good no. and and so it's it's very like with the public eye stuff coming in it gets very very sticky for her and she she loves what she does you know it's exhausting and it's hard on her but she loves performing and she doesn't want to lose that yeah um so In certain ways, she is still putting her career first by staying with Ryan.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, And so, and I kind of, you know, I like that about her. She's Um, got that pragmatism, right? She's, she's very pragmatic and she's very, um, like, she, in a certain way, she does think about herself first. Yeah. um, In a way that, like, is a little damaging to her at that age, but no one else is, no one else is thinking about her. In that way, so she's being a little protective,
1: and she keeps getting these conflicting messages from everyone around her. You are so important. Mm -hmm. You are talented. You are the headliner. You are it. You are not thin enough. You are not working hard enough. You're not quite enough. And so there's this constant cycle of being the headliner and then being constantly told, "But you're still not good enough."
2: Right? Yeah, you're not good enough. And like, you know, even the thing that got you here in the first place like your voice and your dancing, but like we're we're gonna we're gonna auto-tune your voice, we're gonna you're gonna lip sync live shows and yeah. stuff like that. And it's so it's like they're take they're slowly taking away the things that she really loved about this job. Yeah. And and it's you know, I think the further and further away it gets from that, the harder it is to maintain like excitement about it. So yeah, she was a re- I mean she was a super fun character to write because I love writing really confident bordering on arrogant women. Like I just think they're fascinating. I don't see enough of them. Mm-hmm. And I love them. And I don't want to punish them. Mm-hmm. I want them to have their happy endings, you know, and I want like I kind of the, the the way I think about my stories and writing is like it's the little bit of the Star Trek next generation mindset, which is just so nerdy. Um but I feel like a lot of sci fi and fantasy, it's like they show us How terrible the future is going to be. We are all fucked. We're like, this is just awful. And you look at Star Trek Generation and it's like, but what if we weren't cash? What if we all figured out a way to get along, had healthy, strong relationships, and loved each other and went and traveled the universe looking for new life? Like, that's kind of like, so that's the way I approach writing romance where I'm like, it is that element of wish fulfillment, but it's like, I feel like we are capable of getting to a point where, you know, with, with both of my books, it's like that men are going to therapy on their own, that, you know, they're dealing with their shit by themselves, that yes. women are confident and able to have, like, have a career, have a like dedicated, devoted partner. Yeah. Who doesn't feel threatened by them. You know, mm-hmm. it's like all of these things are possible. Yeah. Let's let's make it happen. Like let's let's aim for that future, basically.
1: And at the foundation of your characters, the the women, like they know what they're good at. Like this is my thing. Yes. And I'm really good at this thing. And I don't need to pretend yeah. like I'm not. I know that I am. Let's move on from this whole like I have to be fake, humble, and oh, really, you really like me thing. Like, no, I'm really good at this. Please get out of my way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like that that was so much fun to write for Kathleen because I think We see that in male characters all the time, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we, and, and like, I just, I really just wanted this character where like the thing we're not, we're not really questioning her skill set, you know, we're sort of questioning, like, is she up for the challenge at this point in her life because of what's happened, but we never, I don't think there's a moment where you're like, she can't pull it off.
1: No, not at Um,
2: all. Like as far as talent wise, like you're like, you might get in your own way. Yeah. And mess things up. But like you have the talent to be on Broadway. You have the talent to to make it. Yes. Um, And she knows it. And she is also works really hard to get there. You know, it's not like she's just like, I'm talented. She's like, I'm talented, but I also know that I have to practice and work and dedicate myself to this. And this is my priority. This is what's important to me.
1: Yeah. It's like the fact that Celine Dion, even at the height of her career, still had voice lessons and still had a vocal coach and still did exercises and still did lessons to sing better, even though she was, at the time, arguably the biggest singer in the world.
2: Yeah. And she's Celine Dion. Yeah, exactly. She's Celine Dion. Yeah.
1: And it's so interesting to me, I think that one of the things that happens in the book, and I'm trying to avoid spoilers, it's kind of in the cover copy, katie kathleen ends up on broadway
2: i can't speak to being a child actor on broadway i think right. that's much more complicated and and more difficult but i think the amount of work and effort it takes yeah to do eight shows a week oh my god it's like you know it's like you really i mean you are sacrificing a lot you better love what you're doing you're in front of a live audience every single night. It's a very immediate kind of like response to what you're doing, you know, and it's such also Broadway is a much smaller community. It's a community that um, is not as financially successful as pop and like, you know, mainstream music. So I think the community is more protective of itself and want, you know, they want people to succeed. You want shows to succeed. Everyone knows each other. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is, you know, that that community, I think, is helpful. I mean, it's also interesting because I think both, like, pop stars for female pop stars in general and brought, like, it's a very similar audience, you know? It's a lot of young women yeah. who are yeah. watching these things. And it's, like, the thing I think you you get from it is, like, all of this emotion and it's so raw and pure and it's so exciting and you're surrounded by other people like you. And as a society, we really don't value that as a no. barometer of, any kind of success, no. um, which of course is totally ridiculous. So you, I think with female pop stars, it's like they're always looking for a reason to be like they're. It's a fluke.
1: Yeah, this is a very fragile fame; and it can be taken away from you very quickly.
2: Exactly. Whereas, like with men, it's like ah, eh, now we're, we're we are going to give them a chance, no matter what. Like you can't tell us that they're done. No, we're going to keep giving them a chance. Whereas, like with women and 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 you know artists with largely female audiences, it's like. Like, are you sure? Are you are you really sure that that's what you like? I I feel like the society feels more comfortable with with young female fans of boy bands Mm -hmm. than they are of like young female fans of female singers. Yeah, you know, it's like they create they create this sort of like over sexualized young woman. Yeah, and then they're like, she's a terrible role model. Yeah, yeah, like you literally created her. Like, right. you you created her you're the one like zooming in on her boobs and her ass like like on national television there's like a whole
1: team involved yeah
2: yeah exactly it's ridiculous
1: so when you were researching this this book what were some of the things that you read or watched like what elements play into this because obviously there's britney and justin but what other what other research did you did you happily do and what, what are some things that surprised you I'm yeah. so sorry that you had to watch all this fun pop culture and read all know, these magazines. It's it just
2: sucks. It's terrible. Um, I mean, you know, the, the Britney documentaries, like i mentioned before and the Jessica Simpson memoir and Jeanette McCurdy's memoir. um, yeah. Those were all super, super helpful in, in just sort of seeing behind the scenes of the pop star world. Cause I just don't really know that much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I come from a theater background. um, So I used to work in theater and I did, theater in college i did theater outside like when i graduated the behind the scenes stuff is from experience yeah um and i just like that's like my favorite part of the theater world is the behind the scenes the backstage stuff it's just such so much fun
1: it's so fun
2: and the like collaboration so thrilling and i really wanted to sort of just remember what it was like to to have those moments and to to be a part of a of a a theater production because it's just it's so much fun.
1: It's so ephemeral. Like it only exists in the moment that it's happening. You can't recreate Mm -hmm. it. Even if you watch a tape of it, it's not the same as being in it or being there to watch it. That theater and and music and things that are performed really only exist when they are happening. And it's a very unique energy.
2: You feel so in the moment when it's happening and the talent that's just right in front of you that's sharing the same space as you. Yeah. And the, and the energy of the audience and the crowd, it's just, it's great. It's like, there's there is really nothing like it.
1: Do you have favorite musicals? Like if there was a production, you'd be like, I don't care how much it is. I'm getting tickets.
2: Into the Woods, always. Oh. I always will try to go see Into the Woods. Oh, yeah, good that one. That is like, it's one of my favorite, favorite. I mean, it's, it's also one of the first shows I remember watching because I watched the PBS version of it when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I think it's one of the first shows I saw live. Um, and it's just been a very... It's magic, you know, it's magical. it's magic. it's magic, and it perfect, you know, because it's like funny but also dark and you know, and i and I love fairy tales, so it's yeah. just all of it is connected. So what
1: <laughs> books are you reading that you would like to tell people about?
2: Okay, so you guys, there are so many great books coming out in June in particular. oh, June's Bonkers. Um, June is bonkers. June is bonkers, so I'm gonna try to guide you. But, I mean, pretty much anything, any romance you pick up in June is going to be amazing. There's so many great books out there. But I really, really love... These are three books I blurbed. Okay. I am so excited for people to read. Um, Ava Wilder has another book coming out called uh, Will They or Won't They?, which is also a, like, celebrity romance. And it's, like, two, two um, people who are on a show together who like haven't spoken in a really long time. And there was like definitely sexual tension and It's it's, uh, it's delicious. It's so angry Ooh. and sexy and good. And she like, it's it's. if you loved her first book, you are going to go bonkers over this one. Um, it's so good. And then sort of on the sweeter side of things, Matthew Norman wrote a book called uh, Charm City Rocks, which is kind of like, um, what is the John Cusack movie? Say anything? Uh, oh, High Fidelity. High Fidelity. It's High Fidelity, like meets. I don't know, like where the the woman is a former rock star, and he he like works for a record store, and he's like a big he's like a childhood fan of hers. It is it is very sweet, really funny. It's written in a really interesting way. Um, highly recommend. It's, it it just it feels very new and very fresh. And then this is a book I think everyone, 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 everyone should be reading, which is Rachel and Solomon's Business or Pleasure. Oh, it is so good!
1: Really, it
2: is is like the sexiest book about consent and communication. In like it's, it's just so it's so hot and fun and well written and like rachel and solomon is an amazing writer to begin with right but like this is just like you know when you see people leveling up like yeah. this is you're just like holy shit like you are you're doing something that. really special with this book so i love those, those I, go get those books guys they're so good everyone's gonna be talking about them
1: thank you my gosh so where <laughs> can people find you if you wish to be found
2: i wish to be found. well yes. i'm on instagram and that's pretty much it um
1: I can't imagine just, why you're not anywhere else.
2: I mean, you know, it's it's a bit of a shock. It's a yeah. bit of a shock, but that's the way it is. Fabulous. That's, that's my life right now. Um, yes, yeah, so it's just Alyssa Sussman at at uh, at Instagram. I am endeavoring to put more pictures of my pets online um, because right now it's just promo, promo, promo. But I promise I will I will put some pictures of cute dogs and a very, very cute cat.
1: And that brings us to the end of the episode. I cannot tell you how much I love talking about pop culture and how we look back on things and rethink how we talked about people 20 plus years ago. Thank you so much to Alyssa Sussman. I will have links to her books and all of the other books we discussed in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast, but I bet you knew that. I am curious. Do you have a favorite musical? Do you have a favorite pop star? I would love to hear both. I am not as much of a musical person, but I would love to know what pop star posters might've been on your wall when you had your own room and decorated it with posters from magazines. You can find me at trashybooks.com. You can comment on the podcast entry. You can talk to me on Twitter at smartbitches, at Instagram at smartbitches, and on Facebook at Trashy Books, because they wouldn't let me use the word bitches. Can you believe that? But I would love to know the answer to these questions. What's your favorite musical? What's your favorite pop star? Was your favorite pop star in your favorite musical? That would be pretty cool. I always end each episode with a terrible joke. And this week's joke comes from the podcast Patreon discord from Divine Kitty Cat. Thank you so much for this joke. Why was the donut at the dentist? Why was the donut at the dentist? To get a filling. (laughs) All right. So now I got another question, though. What's your your favorite donut? I absolutely love the donut at Dunkin' Donuts. That is a powdered sugar donut filled with what is essentially icing. It's either vanilla cream or chocolate cream. I prefer the vanilla cream. I'm basically eating icing encased in a donut. So I'm curious, what's your favorite? And, you know, commiserate with me. Is the icing filled donut the best? Yes. Yes, it is. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. Now I want donuts.